You're listening to the So You Think You're Intuitive podcast, a podcast to help you reactivate, grow, and trust your intuition so you can live a more empowered and connected life. Join me, Natalie Miles, spiritual mentor and psychic medium, every Wednesday for inspired conversations, guidance, and practical tips on how you can work with your intuition in your everyday life. Because who doesn't want to trust their intuition more? Welcome back to So You Think You're Intuitive. I'm Natalie Miles, spiritual mentor and psychic medium, taking you on this journey to reactivate and trust your intuition. Hi, everyone. I hope you're well. I hope you're having a great week. Wow, this week has been super intense for me. It has really been an interesting, energetic week. I've really had to put into practice surrender and trust and going with the flow. I had a plan this week that on Tuesday and Wednesday after the Easter long weekend, I was going to be creating a new online workshop offering for you. And I was like, right, yep, I'm going to do it Tuesday and Wednesday. This is happening. And what was really interesting was when it came around to create it, I know exactly what it looks like. I know exactly the flow of it. I didn't feel called to record it and do the videos for it. I was like, this is really interesting. And old me, even that last year would have been like, nope, I set the date. This is what is going to happen. We are going to do this and I'm going to like, this is happening. And so I really kind of stepped into the state of flowing and not forcing and being like, okay, am I doing this because I'm being lazy? I was like, okay, no, that's definitely not it. And I was just running through old stories and, and I was like, okay, I'm just going to do something. I'm just going to create space over these two days and see what wants to flow and what wants to be. And so it ended up being this amazing time of resting, recharging, releasing, yeah, really releasing some old patterns and old emotions and letting the tears flow. Yeah, it has been a really powerful transformational week. And what that has brought in is so much clarity. I have gained so much more insight into what is going to be flowing in over the next month and what I'm going to be offering you guys. So there is going to be an announcement next Wednesday on the podcast, May 1st. It's going to be the upgrade message from Spirit, the May upgrade message next Wednesday. And there is going to be a special announcement of something that I'm going to be offering online for you guys. And I'm really excited to share it with you. So make sure you tune in next Wednesday to hear all about it. So this week on this Friday guest episode, we have my amazing friend, Mimi Young. Mimi is the founder and plant spirit medicine practitioner of Ceremony, which is a ritual-based brand that offers shamanic aura care and skin care. She also does in-person and online spirit medicine studies. She works with a blend of modalities, including core shamanism, botanical healing, hedge magic, and Chinese shamanic modalities. Um, she talks about the subconscious and the conscious and past life 
work, divination, dream work, divine feminine reawakening. Mimi knows so much. When you have a conversation with her, you go really, really deep and she has so much knowledge. And we've been meeting up and having these in-person chats. And so it was time to record one of them for this episode. And we talk about so many different topics in this chat to a point where when I was doing the show notes of the episode, I was like, what do I even call this episode? Because we talk about so many different things. Um, But we talk about dreams and how to develop a dream practice. We talk about the shadow. We talk about Harry Potter and the important themes in Harry Potter. We um, talk about drinking tea. We talk about Mimi's work doing shamanic journeying, cultural appropriation. Yeah, Mimi shares an amazing, powerful ancestor dream story that she had. And we also talk about ancestral bloodlines and how the ancestor story shows up in our lives. I really enjoyed recording this episode. In fact, it's the first ever in-person recording that I've done. So yeah, here goes. Enjoy this episode. If you feel called after listening, please rate and review. You don't need to write anything. You could just hit the stars at the top and leave a review. By reviewing, you're helping make the podcast more visible so more people can see it across all the podcast platforms. Thanks for listening. Have a great weekend and I'll be back next week with the May monthly upgrade message. Enjoy this conversation with Mimi. Hi, Mimi. How are you doing? Doing so great. Oh my gosh, we're together. (laughs) I know. This is my first ever in-person interview and I'm excited that it's you that I get to speak in person in my home us having a proper chat around over the dining room table it's exciting overlooking beautiful views of Vancouver (laughs) sunny today it's sunny thank you for coming on thank you for taking the time out and um, I know that this conversation is really going to excite the listeners and they're really going to enjoy where this is going to flow. As always, we don't really know what we're going to talk about. We're just going to see what Spirit want us to chat about today. But do you want to just introduce yourself to the listeners? Tell them a little about what you do and what you, you know, what's exciting you these days. Where are you at? Well, uh, to start, I... I'm a shamanic practitioner and plant spirit medicine uh, healer. I am most excited about lately. Hmm. I would say I, I've been working a lot with my own dreams in the sense that I hold an attention prior to going into bed. And when I wake up first thing in the morning, I have a journal right, right by my bed where I'll just start reflecting and writing down what I can recall. And sometimes just through that that exercise of writing things down, they can help activate what may have even been forgotten in the course of the first few seconds of awakening. Um, yeah, and it's, yeah, I, I really do see it as a message, a message from my, my body and my intuition, and then even my, like a message from my spirit allies. And, you know, it ranges from practical advice even like some creative advice on how to feed my kids more vegetables. Like that's actually what I dreamt of last <laughs> night. Oh my God, um, that's awesome. To, to more uh, kind of bigger picture uh, business insights or, or you know, other kind of things. 
Yeah, that's really cool. And do you, um, I'm a big believer, I would do that too. I have my book by my bed. And I do find that when you start writing, you might remember some of it and then you're right, it does, it floods back in. It's like, oh yeah, and then this happened and this happened. But sometimes you just need those little mini triggers to get you into that like recalling state that then allows you to recall more of the dream. Totally. They act, like I feel that the practice of journaling and recalling, it that acts like the key that opens you up back to that that state um yeah. and then you know whatever download that occurs afterwards um i feel like it was only possible because i had said yeah like i'm i'm make, i'm holding space for this and i'm going to commit to this practice of just writing down even a couple sentences or even a few words yeah. sometimes and i'm sure that you you feel this too but some of the dreams are so they're so alinear and they're out of like you know, the human, the conventional human rationale that I don't even have the words to describe it adequately. Um, it's like this when I, when I do, you know, shamanic journeys as well, where like the language that I use to describe it is at once oversimplifying and overcomplicating it. Mm. Um, so I find even just drawing, you know, it could be like a little doodle could be helpful. Um, especially if it's like an image that really stays and I don't have the adequate vocabulary to, to honor that, that vision. And I, at least I can try my best to, to draw out that, that form or, or, or that symbol, whatever it is. Oh, I like that. I've never done drawing before. I always try and write down, find the right descriptive word, but you're right. Sometimes it doesn't match. So to be able to draw an image, even though I'm a crap drawer. <laughs> Me um, too. And I went to art school. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd be like looking back through my dream journal, be like, "Yep, okay, what's this doodle saying to me?" But no, I think it would really, it would actually kind of, as you say, because you're putting yourself into that energy, and it's like a reactivation of the dream. That drawing will actually help you recall the em the emotions and the feelings, because part of the dream recalling would you say is not just remembering the dream it's actually tapping into the feelings and emotions behind the dream so that you can work out why so you're hoping that it will access and reactivate some of that absolutely and this is why um you know as much of a recovering perfectionist as i am that i'm quite okay with how uh perhaps you know aesthetically displeasing my doodle may be because as long as it can function to bring me back there then it served its purpose mm -hmm. yeah that makes complete sense and do you have any recurring dreams if you do through your journal do you just start to notice themes and patterns and like like recurring imagery that comes up for you yeah absolutely um I have this recurring dream where I'm in you know, a different city. It's a, it's, it's ambiguous. It doesn't really matter what city it is, but it's a big city. And, and it's supposedly, and I, because this is the memory that I carry in that dream, I'm very aware that there's some very distinct bakeries that I like to visit. And they're like, you know, on the map bakeries with amazing breads and pastries and, you know, chocolate desserts yeah, and all these yes. things. <laughs> and um, then I look at the map to get there and, you know, I follow it very diligently, you know, take this metro and get off at this station and whatnot, but I can never make it there. And every time I have those sorts of dreams, it's a reminder that I'm not nurturing myself enough. Mm. It's almost as if um, I am sabotaging my own ability to create the sweetness or receive the sweetness. And because that's what you know, desserts in dream as well as in real life. Like, I mean, that's what it represents emotionally to me is this ability to receive pleasure and receive 
nurturance. Um, and so when, yeah, when I get those recurring dreams, it's like, yeah, um, maybe, maybe take care of yourself or listen, listen deeply, like what it is I need at the moment. Yeah, no, that makes complete sense. I had, um, I had a, my, I've shared this on a, some other podcasts. I have a dream, a recurring dream of a tsunami. Mm-hmm. So I'm always in this tsunami wave that comes in and it comes in and it hits and, um, I can be in different, I can sometimes be on the beach when it happens and sometimes on a boat when it happens. And it's always really interesting. And I've started to track the cycles of when the tsunami dream happens. And for me, um, I always share that the water in dreams, I dream about water all the time. It's in every dream. Every night, there's some kind wow. of water element in the dream. And so I know water is traditionally about in the emotions and what the emotions are. But for me, it's always represented the journey, like the journey that I'm on is the water. So I've noticed before, like in a build up to a week of like really big changes or new opportunities coming in, um, I always get the tsunami dream as mm-hmm. like it's like a precursor to watch out Nat, you know, things are about to change, that something's coming in for you. And it is precursor with this, um, yeah, with the tsunami dream. Mm. I've had tsunami dreams too. And and reflecting back, it was also around pivotal times. Mm-hmm. And it's representing this larger than life beyond our control female energy right it's yeah mm. yeah I love the fact that you said it was female energy oh yeah she's got that other side she's yeah. not just you know pretty flowers in your garden <laughs> <laughs> which brings me into a question because I saw that you posted on Instagram about the divine feminine and how we're focusing on the divine feminine what that means but that there's also a a shadow side to the divine feminine and tapping into the shadow side of the divine feminine but also how there's a lot of spiritual bypassing going on with the divine feminine and how we expect it to be all kind of love and light and tapping into that feminine but actually there's a lot of you know raw and rawness and raw as in raw as the lion and raw as in yeah being raw that comes through in all of that what are your what are your takes on it yeah um when I wrote that, it it was definitely from a place where I was just noticing that it's so easy for all of us, like myself included, to relate to the divine feminine as this warm, nurturing, fluffy, safe mm. energy. And, and I mean, she can be all those things. But there is another side, and I wouldn't even really call it a shadow side. It's actually her, 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 her full frontal side. Um, and and I think maybe it's easier to understand, at least for like the, your listeners, um, because it, we most of us are just so familiar with the male energy. Like the male energy represents order and sequence, and to a certain degree, predictability, because that's part of this idea of order and tidy categories and efficiency and um it it really is designed to we really think about the male it's it's these are energies that are designed to contain something that is typically very powerful so you know the male energy wants to understand the wheel um or the you know the annual uh, wheel or the yearly wheel um so in terms of the four seasons or wants to understand time or wants to understand how how the ocean works and you know you'll, you'll see that there's a lot of like 
sailing terminology to describe mm-hmm. um, how the ocean is behaving. But really all it is, is designed to sort of make sense of, of, of something that we and that we don't understand something that's called mystery or something called, you know, a force um, and a power that is beyond uh, our, our capacity to, to, to control. And that really is the feminine. Um, And so when we talk about the male as orderly, um, it's not to say that the feminine is disorderly, but it's that she's not tameable. And so, you know, going back to the spiritual bypassing piece is when people are relating to the spirit world in such a way where it's almost like it's a collectivism of like, okay, well, I've done this type of thing. I've, I've gone to this place and done this sort of retreat and taken this specific plant medicine. And I've done this type of yoga or this type of breath work. It, it almost becomes a bit of a bucket list mm. and it a serves the ego and B it almost gives us this false impression that we um, are doing the work, mm. but the fact is doing the work doesn't involve any of those things. I think there's, when you think about people of old before the modern conveniences of, uh, of a car and an airplane and, and all these, uh, things to help us, or even just not Running even a car, airplane, but just technology. Like, I mean, yeah. you being able to interview people from all over the world, um, and listeners tapping in from all over the world, uh, we're able to travel, so to speak, um, literally or metaphorically. But even before when people just had to do the work in their own environment with, with whatever resources they have. Um, I feel like that really is the work is what do you do in your mundane routine or in your mundane life without um, the, the extras without uh, these, these big peak experiences, because if we are reliant on those, then it's adding to that bucket list mentality. And it's once again, it's fueling the ego and it negates our own ability, our own muscles to, to listen and to respond and to attend. Um, and so that's really what I was talking about with, with that particular post. And then of course, you know, I think sometimes it's easy to be seduced by really beautiful flowy clothing or, you know, a mm. new gorgeously set stone in, in the form of, of, of jewelry. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, we all know the value of healing stones. We all know the value of, of beauty um, in what we wear, but it's not meant to replace the work. It's not, and it's, it doesn't mean that we're closer, we're any closer to the goddess or the priestess energy or anything that we would consider the divine feminine um, because of those things, because that is then making the assumption that spirituality is consumeristic. Yeah. That you need these tools that you need to have the pendant. You need to have the dress, you know, if you're doing Kundalini or whatever, and you have to have that white dress to be able to reactivate and mm-hmm. be in that energy or whatever, whatever the thing that you're bringing in. Yeah. Or you have to go on that retreat yeah. and, it, and it's not about that. It's, it's it is more it. than that. It's, it's so much more than that. I mean, I feel like those things function as reminders mm. um, and they do lend their own vibration. But, you know, I, I always go back to this, like, who has the power, Harry Potter or the wand? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, I've never heard that before. Who has the power, Harry Potter or the wand? That's genius. <laughs> yeah, especially as he, 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 um, 
you know, for those of you who haven't read Harry Potter or watched Harry Potter, also because going for him to go and buy the wand and the wand is such a big thing, but it, it does, it all becomes back to, you know, the powers in the powers within you, Harry. It's it's there, it's all there. You can do it without the wand. Totally. And you'll see throughout, you know, all the books or even like the the, the sequence mm-hmm. um as shown in the motion pictures, is that like the issue is not him finding this holy grail of a wand. The issue is him feeling a connected to his ancestry, his parents, mm-hmm. because you know he's an orphan. And the issue is him finding his family, his 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 existing spiritual family in the form of his friends and his mentors, um, you know, the the ones at his school, and then also in him having to choose the his side, so to speak. Like, is he going to follow? his shadow and be consumed by his shadow and not integrate it into the light or is he going to use his light as a way to call out his shadow i mean that's what those are really the key themes yeah. um, in harry potter yeah but. so eloquently done she you know jk rowling you she hit the nail on the head with that with the series totally totally and the shadow and that journey to discover the shadow and and it kind of fuels him throughout the whole book and i do feel like it's interesting. I posted today about the shadow and a lot of people are like, okay, great. I know this is here. I know I'm here to learn from my shadow. I know here, I know that I'm supposed to embrace it, but how do I do that? Like, how do I make that happen? And it's interesting that I find there's a lot of resistance to looking at the shadow or there's a lot of deniability mm. of the things. And when I'm talking about the shadow and, and how to do that, I always say, well, look at the stories or the patterns and the things that you're telling yourself, like where your fears and your doubts come in and where that comes from and what that, you know, and what that looks like. Um, for example, before we started recording, I was sharing that um, one of my shadows that I've been working, you know, I had it today. I was like, oh my God, I'm not doing enough. I'm not doing enough. And I was like, whoa, 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 hang on a second. Like, let's get the perspective of what you're doing and where you're at. But it's it's so often that we don't take the time or we won't acknowledge that shadow that wants to come in. Totally. And I have really seen and experienced this over the years that the light is what we can identify with on a daily basis mm. and it's it's so visible and it's what others can see and in many ways it's it's our glory it's our glory side the shadow that's really where all the potential is and that's all the seeds are contained there and if you even think about how seeds germinate they don't germinate in the light mm. they germinate in the depths of of earth and it's really where it all starts. And so for me, any healing that I've done and any healing that I have witnessed around me, it's always been through looking and leaning in to the shadow and seeing what richness uh, is there. Um, and to, to be ready to actually really see the shadow for, for what it is or who he, she is rather than coming in with a set of labels and saying that the shadow is bad or the shadow is dangerous or the shadow is here to ruin your life. Um, it never has been the case. No. And do you find that with your shamanic journeying, journeying practice that that encourages, that that comes through to like connect people to their shadow side? Does that come through a lot in the shamanic journeying practice that by you 
journeying for them, you can really cut to the quick around what those shadows are? Yes and no. So my sense is, or, or, or my, my work, when I work with clients um, shamanically, the shadow comes forward when the individual is ready. Mm. And most people has, like, they're, they're fairly familiar, at least with one shadow aspect of, of who they are. And, and, you know, in maybe mainstream vocabulary, it's, it's seen as, um, as something different. I mean, you might call it a trigger or you might call it an insecurity, um, these very everyday words, mm-hmm. uh, you know, without spiritualizing it. Um, but yeah, I do find that when one works shamanically, especially through journey work specifically, is that just a lot of the the outer packaging is stripped away and you could just see things for, for what it is. And the healing is just that much more accelerated. And, you know, typically um, like one journey is, is enough to get someone off the ground in a substantial way. And they have that roadmap, so to speak, in the form of, um, oh, just to give your listeners some context. When I, uh, if, if I'm working with a client remotely, um, so they're, you know, they're outside of Vancouver and I do a remote shamanic journey for them, they provide me with a question and I'll go um, into the spirit world and I'll meet their allies and then I'll approach them with that specific question. And it can range. It could be very open-ended, like I like to meet uh, or I like to discover who my, my key um, spirit guides are. Um, or it could be, you know, a question relating to their, uh, their, their, their love life or their finances or their career, or, um, it could even be something a bit more targeted, like, oh, um, I'm noticing these specific paranormal, paranormal experiences. Could I get some insight on that? And, and, you know, so forth, like it could even be retrieving some soul fragments from, from another place and, and so forth back but regardless, I do find that, you know, even working with a client once, um, and if it is shadow work related and I present it, like they're just, it, it's so, it's so powerful that, that it gives them enough to work with for, for quite some time. Mm. Um, and, and then there's just no more wishy-washy doubt or confusion. Like it's very clear and they can go in and, and work on it. And I think that's what's so amazing about these journeys is that the spirits, they, they're not wishy-washy. They're, they're very clear and, and they're here to, to help us and they want to see, to see us heal and they want to see us thrive. And so they're not going to be presenting us with more confusing information. It's going to be very to the point and, um, and the visuals or the symbols associated with it makes a lot of sense for the recipient. Amazing. So when you come around, you just like, like how you would do for your own individual dream when you wake up in the morning, you, you do the same thing. You just journal and you write all the stuff down that you've seen. So yeah, there's a little more ritual around it. Uh, so I'll, you know, I'll, I'll cleanse my space and I'll, you know, use the rattle and the drum to invite the spirits in. So that's essentially opening the portal, so to speak. And then I'll have that question typically written down on a, on a sheet of paper and I'll, I'll, I'll write that, sh- that, you know, those words on that sheet of paper and, and it'll, it'll be, I'll place it on my body. Um, and I'll go, ju- I'll, I'll go on the journey and where really all it is, it's, I don't want to s- dismiss it. It's not all it is, but, but what it is, <laughs> is that my mind leaves that 
this human, you know, this consensual reality. And I enter into an active trance and my, my essence travels to that, that place. Um, sometimes the lower world, sometimes the upper world, sometimes even uh, the middle world. And each world um, governs uh, a very specific set of energies and, and different worlds have different energies associated with. Yeah, and, and you know, there I, I meet those entities um, and I'll present them with that question. And, and I'm just there to receive whatever message I hear things, and, I'll, and it, of course, it's very visual, and sometimes I'll even experience some physical manifestation. And when when it feels like, you know, the, the download is done, then I'll thank them, and then I'll come back, and I'll re-enter into this uh, rational reality, and I'll write everything down. Um, and then I get onto my computer, and then I'm typing everything up in the form of an email. And as I'm doing that, I'm essentially channeling some of those energies yeah. still because I haven't actually sent them away yet. And when everything is done, I'll, you know, the email typically looks like uh, a shamanic journeying narrative. And then there'll be a series of interpretations because sometimes, um, you know, there, there's a, a purpose or a, a, a reason why one needs to interpret it because it's, it's, all, it's often in, you know, form of riddles or it's, um, even though I said earlier that the spirits want us to thrive and they want us to make decisions that will benefit us, but they speak in a way that is non-human. Yeah. <laughs> and they, it may be coded and, you know, so it does beg for some interpretation. And of course, those are my interpretations and the reader will likely have additional interpretation. Um, and uh, yeah, and then and there'll be a list of various uh, practices that they can engage in. It, I may wind up suggesting some plant medicines to help accelerate the shift or help heighten their intuition or help integrate. Um, those are you know, very typical uh, needs that a client may have. It's a rather long email at the end and it has all those things. And when I'm all done, then once again, I thank the spirits and then I ask them to essentially leave my aura and leave my space. And, you know, I rattle and I, you know, um, very, very gently and politely ask them to leave. Um, because otherwise they just sort of are around. Oh, yeah. They'll hang around. Oh, yeah. You have to shut the, <laughs> shut the portal, people. Oh, yeah. You've got to close that portal. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then, you know, and I, I've, I've made the mistake, like just, you know, just out of maybe I was in a rush or something, um, being absent-minded that I forgot to close the portal. And that's when you get the really crazy dreams. Mm -hmm. And I realize I've picked up energies that are not my own. Yeah, um, I was going to ask you that. Have you, oh, yeah. ha has that carried on in your own personal dream state where oh, you're... Oh, for sure. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, you learn not to make that yeah. mistake ever again <laughs> once it's happened. Um, and same thing with making sure that I cleanse my aura in the mm. form of, you know, baths with salt um, or cold, cold showers or working with certain plant medicines such as frankincense or cedar or even um, just very sparingly some sage to clear the aura um, or, you know, earthing or being out in, in sun um, and, you know, because all those things are very cleansing. Um, yeah, if I don't do that, you know, between clients and certainly at the end of the day, then, oh yeah, I'll, I'll just, I'll pick up. I mean, that's, that's part of, um, there's responsibility actually of, of being, um, you know, intuitive is to make sure that, you know, doors are closed, so to speak, and that I'm not picking up 
other people's business. Oh, yeah. It's so important. Otherwise, you can't. It, there's no longevity one in your career it'll impact you totally. know so many people have burnout or they can't go on because yeah they're not clearing their space and their aura and their energy property properly to be able to hold the space for all the energies that want to come through because if people don't realize that it's you know to hold space that is it takes on a lot it takes on a lot on the physical emotional and spiritual body for sure for sure and then just learning like i don't know about you if for me, my, like my cycle, like my menstrual cycle, um, there's certain times where it's, it's really helpful for me to not, um, pick up additional energies. And oh it's, yeah. yeah. So I mean, for me, it's like day 27 to about day five of my cycles. So yeah, I am. It's really interesting when I find that when it's actually, it's right before my period starts and during it, if I know that I am doing client sessions around that time, there's a different depth to them. There's something very, de there's something very different energetically about the session. It's really interesting of how that, where that flow is and, and yeah, and how it does impact my yeah. own connection to, to spirit and how I channel. Totally. Yeah. And it, I find, um, I actually find that it, um, opens up my crown chakra more there's a I'm there's I've just it floods in in a real different way so I have to be really very conscious about kind of really cutting cords and ties and energy clearing it's important absolutely I mean that's designed to be our for women our monthly yeah you know energy detox yeah and I've, I will say that like our body has the built-in mechanisms to, to to cleanse like we are a self-cleaning oven so to speak <laughs> and it's actually both both methods that I'm at least um that I that I practice are like are are out of the womb like one is through orgasm like amazing detoxing yes and the other is yes through through literally the, yes yeah, through, through <laughs> the bleeding yeah literally yes um yeah yeah no and yeah completely like having that internal like detox is just so it's it's so important that and yoni steaming have you tried yoni yes, steaming yes oh yeah it's quite it's quite pervasive in in asian culture so like i'm taiwanese um for those listeners who uh who obviously can't see me listening to the <laughs> podcast um yeah so i mean that's something that has always been discussed at home like growing up i wasn't allowed to use commercial bubble bath because my mother had said it's bad for me and I and I never understood it um no but it makes sense now it so makes sense and my mum used to be like always on at that like don't use this don't use that and I'd be like growing up and I'm like what are you talking about I'm buying the bubble bath just <laughs> like this is what I want everyone else has it this is totally. what this is what's normal pe normal like normal like people like my friends have like why would I not have that and now looking back it was just like she was trying to do us a, a really good service totally <laughs> absolutely yeah there's a bunch of I mean I grew up in a home where traditional Chinese medicine or like you know Chinese herbalism was was really part of the daily conversation um our pantry had a variety of dried herbs and dried edible mushrooms and that was just part of the conversation and it, it wasn't seen even as medicine it was just part of our food um, Amazing. and you know we ate specific things or drank specific things certain time 
as like as a family like seasonally and then of course when I started menstruating I had certain potions so to speak that that I would drink and I can't imagine not having it because there was a period when I was like when I had left home but of course I was you know when you're in your early 20s and you think you know everything yes <laughs> and yes. so I had that phase like most of us have where I was like, oh, that's just like hocus pocus. I don't need that. And yeah, like, I mean, it de- definitely impacts your, your, your wellness overall, your mental wellness, your physical wellness, and certainly my, my cycle yeah. um, when I didn't have that. And then of course I had to go back with tail between the legs and be like, mom, what was it that you made me? <laughs> <laughs> and isn't it interesting that we are going back to old traditions right now? Totally. It, I, what I love is that as technology rises and we're, we're bringing in all these new ways of doing things and new technology, you know, but on a different level, we're just going back to the old ways of doing things. My mum laughs that podcasts have become so popular because she's just like, well, we're ju- you're just going back to what it used to be like before where you'd listen to the radio, where mm, you'd actually totally. listening, you'd listen to people talk on the radio back in, you know, from uh, Victorian time onwards where people would talk or, you know, during the Second World War, like all the, you know, that traditional, like, how do you, what is entertainment? And she, she smiles, she laughs and she mm. thinks it's brilliant. But you talking about going back to old ways and old practices and old traditions, we are, especially when in connecting to mind, body, spirit, health and wellness, we are going back to the old ways of doing things. Absolutely. Yeah. And then I'm just being reminded and they're just giving me a message. And then they're reminding me that we're bringing in though technology for like biohacking, like ways to do, you know, there are new technologies coming in in the health and wellness, but then we're also being, you know, going back to the old traditional ways of, you know, yoni steaming and working with crystals and herbalism and what that looks like. Absolutely. And I feel so fortunate. Like I feel that, you know, it's not about choosing um, modernity over, you know, ancient ways. It's, it's integrating the two. Mm. It's like what we were talking about before we started recording this podcast. It's like, I'm really grateful that I have a toilet in my home. Yeah. Because Going out it, on the it's street. It's so much more convenient. <laughs> yeah. And I'm also really grateful that I have like on the demand tap water. Mm-hmm. Like, so convenient. And yes, I know that there's chlorine and all these additional things. And that's why we would use some of the older um, tools such as um, like I, I use binchotan charcoal. So this would be bamboo or wood. I, I prefer the bamboo just because the bamboo grows faster and it's less impactful. Yeah, so the, these are have been treated at a really intense heat where they've turned into charcoal and then they function as like a filtration, like a very natural filtration for for water. Um, and and that is like combining the new and the old. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's the blessing of living in this generation. Yeah, and it's the the privilege that we have to be able to do that, to have that access to yeah the technology and be able to combine the old ways and bring the old ways and realize that. You know, our ancestors before us were onto something. Let's not discredit our ancestors, which is why there was a question that I wanted to ask you around your work and what you're doing right now feels really like you're tapping into old ancestral energy of all the ancestors that have come before you and you're kind of making it your, you know, doing it your way. But it definitely feels like in your ancestral line, like the shamanic journey and is 
you know, it doesn't just start with you. Does that make sense? Like it really feels like when you're working, you're really calling in all of your ancestors to help you and guide you. Absolutely. And I think that can be said for anyone who's working with powers beyond themselves. So once again, to give your listeners a bit of context, uh, I practice core shamanism. So it's not like a regional type of shamanism, which is distinct from uh, peoples to peoples or a place to place. Um, I work uh, at the, with the essence of shamanism. So drums, rattle, I do not work with psychoactive plants. Um, well, not professionally. <laughs> so I just need to preface that. And I, I say this because it's really important. One does not need to go to Peru to find themselves. Mm-hmm. And I'm not dogging anyone who has gone there and, and has you know, participated in a, a, a ceremony. Um, I think there's a lot of value in that. Um, and if you feel called, go for it. But for me, I have been told through my allies that, that you know, uh, that's not my medicine, and my medicine is is just being in touch with my spirit allies. And going back to the ancestral piece, we are in a day and age, and I know that maybe what I'm about to say is going to provoke a little, but I, I think it's really important to talk about this. You know, there's such an extreme, or such a polarity in viewpoints. There are people who very unfortunately have perhaps done things out of ignorance or out of maybe not the best intentions and have appropriated some practices and haven't given due respect, due credit and have, and have not treated those practices and those peoples with reverence. That obviously is problematic. Um, but then there's other people who, you know, that they're really sincere and they're wanting to, to heal and wanting to bring healing to those around them. But, be, and, and they are just, their intentions are totally in the right place, but they are fearful that perhaps they're stepping onto territories that they feel is, you know, where they just simply do not have the permission to go. Um, and then, of course, the additional piece is, what do you do in this day and age where, you know, we're magic and muggle, like going back to Harry Potter, like no one is a purebred. Mm. I have in me, like I, you know, I say I'm Taiwanese, but if I were to really go back a little further, so I have Taiwanese, but it really roots back to mainland China. And then, of course, China as a civilization is a collection of nations as well. And there were many wars. So I have the conquered and the conqueror in my blood. And I'm sure it's the same for you. And I'm sure it's the same for every single person who's listening. Like we have both sides. And I think part of the responsibility is to, of course, always approach things with respect. And it's always to approach things um, in, in, you know, in context. So going back to your question about my shamanic work and ancestral, yes, I've definitely done tons of work, really understanding where I'm at, you know, where my lineage is within, you know, ancient uh, Taiwanese, ancient Chinese shamanic um, systems. And that really was so it was so surprising for me. It was, you know, the answer in the beginning was it was one word, it was one image, and it was tea. Mm. And I that makes so much sense because that's what I grew up with. And I mean you're smiling because you're British and <laughs> you, got, you get it. Tea, Everyone loves tea. Tea is so integral to 
to Asian culture. Mm-hmm. And when you think about it, that's really how it all started, at least, um, you know, in my neck of the woods, people understanding that it's like one plant, like tea, all tea. I'm not talking about, you know, herbal tisans, but, but tea um, as, as, as a drink, it, came, it comes from one single plant and how it tastes varies depending on how it was grown, where it was grown, how it was harvested, how much shade it got, how much sun it got. Was it peaked, you know, at youth or at maturity? And of course, all those post-harvest processes, yeah. like was it fermented? Was it roasted? Was it, how was it stored? Was it, yes, all these things. And that's what we know, you know, today as green teas and oolongs and pours and black teas and red teas and all these sort of, you know, hybrids in between. Um, and of course, it's through that, that's where at least a lot of the ancient Chinese divination systems of um, the I Ching or eventually uh, the Taoist and the Confucianism and that fed into traditional Chinese herbalism, traditional Chinese medicine, and even shaped Chinese-based uh, Buddhism. And I mean, you know, acupuncture, all this, it, it's toxic like energy systems and meridians, like that all goes back to what's interesting, tea which is a non-psychoactive plant. I mean, to think of that as that is really the first and foremost plant medicine for me. And when I journey with tea, um, and that's really what I journey with, so much wisdom is provided to me there and a lot of tea ancestors and, you know, me discovering how much, you know, like, yeah, like I, I use that to get in touch with my grandfather who has since passed away and my great mother, great grandmother who has also since passed away one on my maternal side, one on my paternal side, and it's through tea because I follow the lunar calendar, which is a hybrid of, you know, the Western interpretation as well as the Asian interpretation. Mm-hmm. So I'll follow, for instance, you know, the the new moon and the full moon, um, but then also very specific moons that are in line more with more of the, you know, Taiwanese lunar cycle. Interesting. And where, are there particular names to them? Yeah. So for instance, I mean, in English, like something like, you know, the the lunar new year, like, which, you know, was, was in yeah. February, like that was huge. Massive. And then the first, uh, full moon following the lunar new year is also really big. And so during those times, like there's certain foods, certain desserts and so forth that you consume. And that's a time where you gather with family. But then on a personal level, I set up a very specific altar outside, um, on, on my deck and I leave out tea and I leave out, you know, some favorite snacks for those in my lineage because I, I still have some memory of them. Or if I don't, um, people in my family have talked about them. They shared those stories. So, you know, they really love watermelon seeds, which is like a sort of similar to a, a sunflower snack, yeah. um, and, you know, Western culture. Um, yeah, things like that. And so there is that additional connection through through tea. I love it. The tea connection. I think my ancestors would love it. My nan, who's in spirit, was the biggest tea drinker, Mm. but not like pure tea. I'm talking about like, if you're from the UK and you're listening, she was more of a PG tips drinker, like a traditional supermarket brand (laughs) tea drinker. (laughs) With how many cubes of sugar. Exactly, exactly. And how many biscuits was she dunking in the tea to go with it? (laughs) but I mean that's part of the tradition right yeah yeah different tea traditions and how that and how that flows I think um no it is and it's interesting how tea is part of culture you know 
and how it does transcend and what that you know and how that is and where that flows from is yeah really really interesting and then how it impacts and how you can connect with your ancestors I love the fact that you contact your ancestors working with tea that's mm-hmm. amazing mm-hmm. yeah tea and food tea and food yeah. good oh, staples I have an amazing dream story to share yeah please do so the same grandfather um who's in spirit uh he so he was from northern china and when he emigrated well yeah he he emigrated to he actually fled to taiwan um during uh a very unstable time um within sort of historical china where um this is right before communism had sort of set in and um he met my grandmother and you know they started a family and you know this is sort of Kind of the long story, but what I, what I'm trying to get at is eventually they emigrated here to to Vancouver, and um, my 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 mother and my father came along, and um, I was just two at the time, and uh, and my brother very soon after was born here, and then my cousins, um, and you know the, a big way to connect, I'm sure, with with many families is through food, mm-hmm. and there were a few dishes that he that were kind of iconically him, that no one else made. And if you're going to be going for, you know, a big family gathering, you can expect one of these noodle dishes. And one of these dishes, like there's no recipe. None of these had recipes. But of course, there's one that was especially my favorite. And when he passed away, um, no one took over making that dish. Mm. And we sort of defaulted to going to restaurants or, you know, takeout and, um, or people would make different things, but never that dish. And I craved it. I craved it so much. And I remember asking him before going to bed. And this was probably about 10 years ago. And so I went to bed and I dreamt that I was in a grocery store. And I was unloading my basket. And it was one ingredient at a time. Amazing. And they were all the ingredients in that specific dish. And my grandfather was standing beside me. And he would nod every single time the right ingredient was passing through. He would nod, he would nod. I chose something that was not supposed to be part of it. So I chose garlic. And he said, no, that doesn't go. So I I remember taking that out and leaving it in the basket. And then everything passed through and I was about to pay. And he said, you're missing one thing. And I said, well, what is it? And he said, it's in a yellow jar. Go to the fermented bean aisle. And I said, okay. And then I woke up. And then, of course, <laughs> I go to the grocery store, yeah. like to the Asian grocery store, and I I just am picking everything up, putting it in my basket. And I recall him saying, go get this thing that's in the yellow jar. And it's basically a fermented type of bean. Mm-hmm. Um, and I go, and I find it. Amazing. And it's in literally a yellow jar. And, and none of the other jar. ones are in a yellow jar. And that was it. And so I made it that night and I made enough where I could share with at least my parents. And they're like, holy shit. Like, how <laughs> did you make this? It tastes exactly like, you know, grandfather's. And so, yeah. And you're um, like, he just appeared right. in my dream and was like, okay, this is how you're going to make it. And it's amazing. And it's amazing how they will do that. Spirit will step forward. Your ancestors will step forward to help you in 
all the ways, even if it's, you know, you're specifically asking to recreate a recipe. It's amazing how they show up and the guidance that they will give you in a wake state and in dream state. Absolutely. And I mean, this is not, you know, a dream asking for something really profound or like, you know, big, but he got it. He knew that I missed him. And I missed him through my stomach. Yeah. And I not only, you know, had him visit me, um, but I got this amazing dinner out of it too. Yeah. So, And it brings it back round to when we were talking, bringing it back to Harry Potter. <laughs> oh, I'm just being told to bring it back to Harry Potter. But it is because it was about family. Yeah. And absolutely. it's about the importance of family and the importance of ancestors and knowing where you're from. Mm-hmm. And part of that journey and acknowledging your ancestors, that's part of that, that to be fully connected and what that is, is to embrace all of that as well as your shadow. Totally. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And so by dreaming about him and recipes and, you know, using, working with the ancestors and tea and all of that, you're, you know, it's part of that divine loop. It's part of that divine timing and that energy that you're creating. Hmm. And I think, you know, it's easy for us to think ancestors as like 50 generations mm. back, but 50 generations back is a long time ago. Yeah. And I think it's, it's, a, it's a far jump. And so if we can just start with our parents and our grandparents and our great grandparents, just start there, you'll understand the context that much more, the communication and the, the relationship that is enriched and that, that and that is deepened you'll experience and not only you will experience but but those those same those same figures that I just listed will also experience like that that depth and that healing um and then if you want to dig deeper mm. um but but yeah I mean we don't have to go back to no. ancient ancient times no um it, that's not what ancestor means no it's about yeah just tapping into that that familial line, that, family, that actual familial line. And if you're listening and you're adopted, um, you can still connect to the family that you don't know. You can still call in their energy and you can still work with their energy even if you don't know a specific person. You can still call in the energy. And I would also work with your adopted family energy too because that mm. will also impact who Absolutely. you are and what you're about. Yeah, I've worked with clients um, uh, where, yeah, where the client, um, is adopted and they wanted to just be in touch with their bloodline and um, I mean the spirits are always very very eager to show up um, and the ones that are you know when when someone is asking they show up that much more faster right like it's portals open you, totally you set open. that intention Absolutely. they're like okay cool let's do this because mm-hmm. so often that they'll pass over and they'll feel like they're missing out on something or they didn't get to share information or didn't get to connect so they'll really really want to step forward mm-hmm. yeah no it's always really really beautiful and you're um i'm being asked to ask this question and, you, and you're a mom and so are you the practices that you're instilling now are you hoping that <laughs> that your kids are gonna like take this on as as you were a kid and just kind of acknowledging it but not really embracing it is that where your kids are at or are you hoping that they're gonna like take on some of like the energy that you're bringing into the house right mm-hmm. now and teaching them and guiding them yeah I mean in some ways I mean I'm this is going back to ancestral work like I will be part of 
that bloodline that passes on, mm-hmm. uh, whether they or not they have children. Um, but even just with them, like I would be considered their ancestor. <laughs> so, so yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so just to provide a bit more context, and I think everyone probably does this, is that when you're an adult, you really can pick and choose what you want to perpetuate mm. um, from the family. And so for me, I loved how my mom has always been a bit of a green witch. Um, she has a great relationship with various, you know, Chinese herbs, and she makes all sorts of, you know, herbal de- decoctions as well as soups. Uh, and she has a fair amount of understanding of, you know, just the properties of food and, and what you eat when, when, when you're wanting uh, to experience certain benefits within the somatic body. But then there's certain things that I didn't want to bring in. And so, so she's a evangelical Christian and my dad's an atheist. And so for me, I grew up, at least in my latent childhood and into adolescence and, and my, a good portion of my 20s, I, I did attend church. And when my first uh, son was born, I knew that that was not where I was going to go back. Like I knew that it was time for me to leave and start creating a new system or a new reference point for me. And for me, it's, it's outside of organized religion. So that really was something that I had to do what I felt in some ways from, from scratch, even though I shouldn't say it's from scratch because I think every generation does it in their own way. But me, you know, leaving a community and being actually completely ostracized from that community since, um, and then forming a new community and then being really just, strong and confident enough to say no this is this is where I stand and these are the traditions that I want to cultivate and these are the values that I stand by and this is what resonates with me and so with that with my children I have said to them because both sets of grandparents um, or well my mom and uh, my my in-laws so a set and a half of grandparents so to speak (laughs) do attend church and and so I said to them like it's up for them to decide and, but for me, you know, I, I worship the earth and I worship the goddess mm. and, and I believe, you know, in, in having a relationship with my body and to not see it as dirty or sinful or, or whatever, and to recognize the impulses of my body as, you know, containing a lot of wisdom. And for me, um, I do believe in following the moon you know, in terms of proximity, I mean, she is the closest guide, like from a planetary or star perspective or, or, you know, piece of rock perspective. (laughs) Um, And, you know, and I I do believe in being able to, to give oneself permission to evolve. Mm. Um, Like I have no regret attending church. It's just that I knew that it wasn't for you. It wasn't for me anymore. It wasn't for you anymore. Um, And yeah, so, so with my boys, they, they're really clear on that. And so it's funny because they, what I see in them is a real connection to their power animals Mm -hmm. as well as to the goddess, typically when they need help. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And also with my younger one, which I don't have a relationship with, not, not because I don't believe in them. It's just simply, um, I haven't, uh, I haven't ever really received a message from them um, are fairies oh, and elves that. and gnomes. And so my younger son, I have two boys. He has a huge connection to them That's to the point amazing. where he has set up on his own altars in his room of little fairy homes and little, you know, glasses of water and, 
and a little gnome figurine and um and he'll talk to them that's and just the best so i yeah I, I want them to feel like they have the permission to 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 pursue yeah. what what makes sense for them what and lights them up and what makes them feel empowered and what that makes them feel connected to their body and spirit yeah. and source or whatever you want to label it as. Totally. Yeah. And what's interesting is my little one is we get reminders that that elves are nearby just about everywhere we go. Mm-hmm. They'll leave little things like rocks in the shape of a heart or um, literally little red with white trim gnome or an elf hats on forest trails really i mean like i don't like i mean i i don't know where they came from um it's happened more than once and uh yeah that's amazing like little things little little things um would typically show up if if yeah if if keo starts searching yeah and i love it how that's how spirit works it's what you relate to and what you connect to and then that's yeah. what you're gonna see and that's what's gonna show up and that's gonna make you feel connected and that's what's gonna make you feel empowered and how you might go through different phases of you know he might be in this phase and it might disappear and it might come back in a different way but it's always interesting how it ebbs and flows but it's all it's all there it's all what you're you know it it does it makes you feel so connected connected yeah and then just it gives me the permission to say you know to my boys if I don't know something that I don't know, like that it's okay to say that, yeah. to say, look, I'm connected, but this mystery is so big. Yeah. This is why we call it mystery. I don't have the answer. Um, but um, I can, I can give you some tips on how of, to find out. How. Yeah. Yeah. And I, it was when I used to get really frustrated when I asked my mom something and I'd be like, well, what do you think? Or what? And she's like, well, have you asked your guide? Have you have you taken, you know, why don't you go and ask her? Why don't you go and ask what she has to say? And I'd be like, oh, yeah, I guess so. But yeah, it's always yeah. that for that. And isn't that sort of the whole point? Because yeah. if if our teacher or our mother or whoever had all the answers, then mm-hmm. it really robs us of the exercise to develop our own muscles. Yeah, that self-discovery and that as I say, interacting with your intuition, actually like interacting with it. And so it's not, you don't just expect that the answer is just going to appear, that you actually have to do some discovery work and connect mm-hmm. and put some time and some energy into it. Mm-hmm. I think that's where the investment comes from, right? That's yeah. when you wind up really caring and cultivating that. Mm-hmm. If everything was handed to you, I don't think we would appreciate it nearly as much. No, completely. That's so beautiful that you're developing, you know, guiding those ki- your children to be able to connect in that way. Mm. It's. I just ask myself, like, what is it that I would want to know? Well, what what is it that I really needed? Because the other piece is, um, I smell things, and mm. you know, I I don't I don't see like I don't receive other than shamanic journeys. That's different. But you know, in the normal day to day, I don't receive visions I don't hear things so to speak but I do smell things and and that has been a huge exercise of just developing a relationship with that and 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 developing some clarity or understanding around it because I mean I remember I would go to every single metaphysical store and just you know go into the sections and look for hopefully a book or maybe the person working would know and it's always been no yeah 
Claire um, Salience is yeah, the traditional or, yeah. word for it, but yeah. Not a lot no. of content out there. And so it meant that I had to, I had to learn. I had to test and take tabs and, and really understand, like, you know, like just really observe, like, and develop a language around it and just know that that's just another way of, of sensing or knowing. Um, and I don't have all the answers and it's okay to, to not have all the answers because I feel like once again, it keeps me humble and it keeps me understanding that it, like we are part of a greater mystery. Mm. Yeah. We are part of a much bigger picture and the things we don't know when people say, Oh, well, how can you equate spirit? How do you equate, equate intuition? How do you equate, equate this energy? How do you describe it? And it's like, well, you can only describe it to a point. You can only label it to a point because it's so much bigger and there's so much of it that we don't, we don't know. Like, and that's the beauty of, of it. That's the mystery of it. And so, yeah, we can try and find the how, where, why and put the science behind it but there's always going to be that sense of mystery and there has been for thousands and thousands of years with all our ancestors before us mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah it's super beautiful I love it mm-hmm. I want to share some messages with you oh yay <laughs> um oh messages I'm just taking a pause because I am I've been so engrossed in your conversation in in what we've been talking about it's interesting what do they want to share um well I before I started recording I started to get some messages that were coming in for you specifically around business and visibility and how this year for you is all about like really stepping into this new form of visibility for you because you're this amazing blend of science and intuition and the mind and the body and spirit and so they're really like how I'm being shown it is that like they're pushing it all into like this vacuum all into this like glass bottle and they're pushing in but they're saying that you have to let the they're like it's all there and it's all fermented to use the word fermented again I love that word. they're like um it's all fermented in the jar in the yellow jar but you have to unscrew the lid and they're wow. saying there's like do you know when things ferment and that's it gets really gassy yeah you have to burp them then you have and so i'm being shown that in that you actually right now they're like you you think um they're saying mimi thinks that she has to keep fermenting like she's got to keep the lid on like she's not ready and the message is, is like just take the lid off will you you're so ready like allow it all out because the the fermentation process is over and now this is about you enjoying the taste of the fermented bean and the food the and the the noodles like it's time mm-hmm. to like really reap the rewards of what that feels like as you eat the food and you swallow it and it's warm in your stomach they're getting very visceral with food food (laughs) analogies because we've been talking about food but they're just to bring that full circle of that the message that you shared about your grandfather Mm. that you're ready to like take your business to a whole new level like the visibility piece the being seen the being heard and you um and people believing in you and people believing in your work and that you can help transcend people and heal people to a new level like that's your you know your soul mission and your knowledge there's something around how 
knowledge is important to you, depth is important to you, you like to know all the things and all the knowledge to to back things up. And that's why you do it because there's a there's a but there's a fear of what happens if someone calls me out on my shit? What happens if someone calls me out on something and I don't know the answer? Mm. Bringing it back to where you were with your kids. Mm. There's that whole element of, well, how can I still be the teacher and still not know everything? And they're just saying, but you're there and it's okay and you're supported and they're just reminding you of what you just said to me around not needing to know everything because you need that advice yourself right now or Thank in your you. business. Totally need that. Thank you. <laughs> but just like... All that she's... twinkle in your eye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're just like, they're, they're just showing the full circle of like, you're ready, you're here. Like, and you don't need to know everything and, and you're just, you're the journey again the sense of the journey like you're on the journey but don't keep the lid on because it's it it's it's ready to be released thank you thank you so much mm. yeah to go really kind of abstract and yeah the, i don't see this abstract at no all. i just it see it so this, much this beautiful image that just keeps being shown and built and they're just they're then showing it's funny as the lid gets turned off it's like wafting like the smell because it smells okay mm. thanks um <laughs> um they're like they're just saying like you you can smell the smells coming out of the jar and so what's happening is is that do you know when a lid's on still tight but you can still smell like there's some like seepage yes. that comes out and they're like you can smell the beauty and the essence of what's coming um, and you can smell the future of 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 life and 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 abundance, but they're saying you have to take the action, the physical action to remove the lid, and it's in your hands. Thank you, thank you so much. Yeah, I love how you talk about the science and the spirit. I think that's what you said, science mm. and spirit, because because yeah, like I mean, on some like on some level, even just with my work with ceremony. Oh, so, so for listeners, yes. context once again, <laughs> um, I, uh, I, so most of what Nat and I have been discussing, it's rooted in my work with my, uh, shamanic brand ceremony and ceremony. There's, there's sort of two arms to her. There's, uh, the, uh, plant medicine arm, which encompasses, uh, skin care and aura care. Um, and uh, some exciting things that I'm not quite ready to announce for the fall, uh, but definitely stay tuned. Um, and uh, the, the other arm would be more the education piece. So the events or the, um, the various studies and also very soon some, some online material. Um, yay, yeah. Um, <laughs> But uh, when you say science, and of course I talk about the science in terms of plant medicines and such, um, but then when you say science, it makes me think of my new business, um, which is called Open Minds Performance. It's a neurofeedback business, so very different, but, but it's, it's like I'm addressing um, the individual um, just differently. And so, so on one hand, we're talking about you know, consciousness and expansion through shamanic work. But then the neurofeedback is really building resilience and optimization in the actual physiological brain. Mm. Um, so that's also super exciting. Because, yeah, yeah. I mean, she's such a baby right now. And like, I, I feel like I'm, it, birthing is not always super smooth, as you well know. <laughs> and, and sometimes, uh, yeah, like I, I definitely have the, 
Am I ready? Like, do I know enough? Um, okay, those kind is, of questions. This is why the, 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 am I ready? Do I know enough? Like, that's why that, that message really came through. Cause they're like, you do know, you do know enough. Um, but there's also some things straight up. Don't try and keep them separate. They are one and the same oh, thing. Wow. Thank you. That's also been on my mind. They're not, please don't keep them as two separate businesses. They are one and the same thing. And that mm. the ritual based ceremony in the neurofeedback is all part of the process mm. because there's something around the ritual and the ceremony within the neurofeedback process of how you get to people and they're just saying like there's going to be some interesting collaborate integrate, integrate. Yeah. they're okay. like don't don't see them as separate thank you thank you so much i needed that too mm. yeah and that your your products and the things that you use and that you have are going to be used within your sessions with the neurofeedback and you're going to be like that's so it's part of it so mm. this is this like part of your soul path and this lifetime of bringing in the science and mm. the spirit together and so that's why it's you can have two feet in these camps but they're saying like the biggest learning this lifetime is how can I merge them together because then I get I, then I'm whole and so this is why you've got these two businesses and there's this like how can I how can I bring them together I just was reminded when you're saying this about our what we talked about earlier is the ancient with the new or, or with the technology <laughs> yeah which is why we I were never even about saw it, it as that but that's so true it's, yeah because they're saying how what's the okay yeah because exactly like the tea sir how you know tea how is tea involved within the technology like there's this how mm. you know it's one and the same and the ancestors and how we're supposed to blend it together yeah mm. i love it this is i love how spirit works because the conversation always reflects the messages and how it all flows because oh, yeah. in the end the conversation that we're, we've just had is is all channeled anyway totally <laughs> oh absolute classic is there anything else they want to share um yeah um this summer there's going to be this pressure that you should be creating and that you um that but they're saying there's this really important time of um creating space with the family is really important over the summer um but you're gonna feel pulled in lots of different directions or you're gonna get opportunities that you um know you have to do for work and so there's this part of you that might feel like you're letting down your family in some way or that you do I sacrifice these opportunities and the message is is that you um, find the balance between the two don't say don't say no instantly and that you need to um, take stock and just find the balance where you can spend the family time but that you can also um, grow and develop and take um, your own visibility to the next level thank you yeah yeah finding the balance this summer is going to be really key yeah yeah mom life my gosh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes oh. woman of many talents juggling it all to keep keeping it going oh gosh yeah I mean I think juggling is a bit of a it's a myth yeah <laughs> like I mean there are days where I literally let all the balls drop you're like what the fuck who cares <laughs> like it, it is what it is yeah totally <laughs> it is what it is yeah make it make it happen 
Yeah. yeah. I uh it's funny as you saying that I'm getting a flashback of my mum when she used to <laughs> she used to run a PR firm and she was two small kids and and I just looking back, I think we didn't really understand what she the pressures that she was under and the things that she had to go through to support us and the sacrifices and things that she made. I think it's always interesting when you look back with the uh, different eyes. Totally. It's a uh... Yeah, that's the thing with like being an entrepreneur. There's all these amazing blessings of being flexible with your time and um yeah, you can you can plan things out as you wish, mm. um, you know, a month at a time or months at a time or even a year at a time. And I mean for me I have that luxury to do it with um like a academic cycle, mm-hmm. like for, for for my children, um them both being well, the the younger one and being in preschool, but it's a similar academic cycle but then there's all those other things like the amount of work we do that is not paid or just completely invisible and mm-hmm. yeah oh yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> the things you don't see behind the scenes to make stuff happen it's oh yeah yeah there's a lot of that there is a lot of that but hey so much gratitude to be able to do this work and Same. It's, it's such a gift so much joy so much love so much joy so much happiness it's been an absolute pleasure to chat. I've loved our conversation. I feel like we could chat for hours and just there's so much more to talk about. We'll do another one. We'll do another one. Part two. I'm definitely craving noodles now. Yeah. (laughs) Your grandma's like, go and eat the noodles. (laughs) Um, Where can people find you? Where can they find Ceremony? What have you got coming up? So people can find me on my website, which is shopceremony.com. And then for Open Minds, it would be openmindsperformance.com and Instagram. So it would be at Shop Ceremony. And Ceremony is spelled I-E at the end, listeners. Um, yeah, I forgot yeah, to mention no that. No Y, but with an I-E. Yeah, not with a Y for Ceremony, with an I-E at the end. So Shop Ceremony um, on Instagram and then at Open Minds Performance. Um, things that are coming up. Um well, I would love to invite some listeners to join me for my uh, most likely my only retreat for 2019 and 2020. This will be in Half Moon Bay, which is uh, one short ferry ride outside of Vancouver. Oh, it's so beautiful um, up there. And yeah, it'll be during the, it'll be May 31st to June 3rd. So it'll be during the dark moon. We'll be working a lot with dreams, a lot with shadow and a lot with past lives. Um, it'll be open to 10 women. Um, there are a few spots left and yeah, just, uh, you'll, you'll be around like an amazing group of people who, who love and who see things for what they are and are just really there to support each other and to learn and grow and release together and to, you know, call back various soul fragments that we all have, we all have soul fragments, you know, lingering one place or another. Um, and yeah, you can go on to shopceremony.com forward slash events. Uh, that has a, a fair amount of listings um, between now and the summer. And I'll be updating some summer and fall offerings as we go along. Um, and then I will be launching a monthly online studies um, soon. And it'll uh, most likely be in the format of Zoom. And we'll just be starting with things that mainly what um, listeners and um, followers are interested in. I've been getting lots of questions around uh, essential oils 
as a form of plant medicine and how to use it to enhance um, your aura and also just sort of practically like you know what to look for in essential oils how do you blend them um, sort of the science in terms of dilution and carrier oils and ratios and you know are there such a thing as contraindication contradictory yes contradictory um uh, benefits let's say if you put a few plants together do they essentially rather than work together do they offset um you know those sorts of questions so i think my first one will be will be that um and this woman has so much knowledge like seriously i've been to one of her workshops it's amazing you come out and you're like oh wow like you feel really empowered by the knowledge that you share and your products are beautiful and they are just made with love and intention and they have such special energy to them thank you yeah go and check them out they're beautiful thank you so much Mm. it's been an absolute pleasure to have you i've had so much fun what an honor 